Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Um, and tonight, today, I suppose there was some good news. Uh, there's still a lot of bad news out there, but some good news, especially if you've lost your job and been out of work for the last six months because the pubs have been the very last industry that have been allowed to open back up. The disgusting term being used, wet pubs, rotten. Anyway, to uh, take us through today's announcement, when you'll be able to sit back in your local, what you can expect, what you'll have to do, what you won't be allowed to do. F104 News and Sports reporter, the wonderful Mr. Dan Pitcher, sir. How are things? Good evening, guys. How are we? We're good, yeah. I mean, this is probably very good news today. It, it is, and I just hope now we can all promise to never use the word wet pub again. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty, I actually, a bit like, I, through, like through, through, obviously, through, you know, my line of work and stuff like that, I've been hearing the term wet pub a lot, so it's just become kind of part of my uh, daily uh, vocabulary. But I actually, I, I, I laughed at where was I? I think I was on a train, and I was reading some, I was reading tweets from people, and there was one guy who went, what's the actual S? is a wet pub. Uh, and I, I, I don't know what it was about it, but it set me off and I was laughing for ages because actually, you know, it's so ridiculous that like such a thing was ever conceived. Like what actually, what is a wet pub? So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great news for, um, for especially those pub owners who have just been, I suppose, really left in the lurch over the last number of months. They're sitting there going, guys, when can we open our business again? And some forced to make some really difficult decisions either to let staff go or to close their premises. So today's news will be uh, extremely good news um, for, for those people. And also as well, um, I suppose, for people who are kind of sick and tired of, of, of going in and having to order a plate of chicken wings in order to have a drink. Because what today's announcement uh, actually means is that you know, from from the date, it, it, it basically it, it'll be no longer a requirement for you to have your your substantial meal that everybody was giving out about. So you know that's kind of good news as well because I think what was the what was the what was the what was the slogan? I'm I'm uh, I I love a pint, but I'm not hungry. That <laughs> that was that was the one that was kind of going around. So um, I suppose from September 21st, once this kind of comes into effect, then you know you'll you'll no longer have to go into uh, a premises in order for I, I was actually only in a premises myself this evening in the city centre in Temple Bar when I went in your man said to me guys you have to get drinks as well or sorry you have to get food as well and I thought yeah no that's that's fine that's actually what I came here to do but you'll no longer <laughs> yeah. be, you'll, you'll no longer be faced with that um, what, you, what, what you'll also no longer be faced with which I think was a farce to begin with was this new regulation that only came out last week um, very controversially that uh, pubs had to uh, retain information 
uh, about customers and what they ate for 28 days. Now, I know is that the, gone now? That, that'll, that'll be gone from, uh, from September 21st, yeah, so they'll, they'll no longer um, have to retain that. Now, you, you're kind of thinking as well at the same time, well, if, if this has been the plan to get these businesses reopened again, but why in the name of God do they think up of something so inconceivable and so unenforceable? Um, like I have heard, you know, in recent times on, 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 on national stations that representatives from the Garda Association saying, look, we have enough to be doing than going into pubs and checking till receipts. And that was coming from a Garda representative association. So it was it was an idiotic thing to, con, you know, to, to, to think up of. So, so that, mean, that, it would that, make that, a really, really boring crime drama series as well if there was a special <laughs> detectives unit set up trying to match meals with receipts and undercover the people who weren't actually eating what they said they were eating. It just seemed absolutely insane and pointless. And I mean, once, like, it do, doesn't really matter. Once you know who's in the pub and who you're with for the contact tracing, I imagine, happy out. Mm-hmm. But um, th- th- that'll be, yeah, well, welcome news now that <laughs> your food doesn't have to be tracked and traced by the Garda. Yeah, exactly. Now, there, there are, you know, kind of a couple of differences as well, sort of, between the pubs. So th- th- those that will be opening for the first time in whatever it is, six months, uh, on the 21st of September, th- there will be differences in that, like, I suppose, like, there, there are pubs that are kind of smaller than others. So drinkers, you'll have a, a maximum stay um, of 105 minutes, I suppose. With, with, the, the, the thing they came out with was with 15-minute gaps uh, in between each seating uh, to allow for cleaning. So once your 105 minutes is up, you get up and you get out and so that, so that the, the staff can come in and they can clean the tables and they can clean the chairs and whatever um, and get the place set up for the next people to have to come in and sit. So now it, it, that, that doesn't make clear then you have to make a reservation for your pub. Um, I, I, I don't know what the, what, the, what the guidance is around that. I suppose it, may, it might depend on how busy or how big your, your, your pub premises is. Um, you know, you might just show up at the door and they might go, sorry, lads, come back to us in whatever amount of time. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the only thing. There will be a maximum uh, of 105 minutes with those 15-minute gaps to allow for staff cleaning. Um, so they, that, that's only for... Uh, I suppose the, the, the pubs that have kind of not been classed as restaurants, the, the wet pubs. <laughs> there you go. There's that term again, wet pubs. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So, um, so that they're they're kind of the main uh, differences. Uh, all pubs seven days a week. Uh, I think we'll have to close by eleven thirty. Um, so yeah. there'll be none of this kind of last order thing, and everybody rushing to the bar, getting ten more pints, drink. Can you still afford. sit at the bar? Uh, no, no, no. You still you can't you can't sit at the bar. You have to sit uh, at your designated table. So I I, I don't know what it like because there there are some pubs that you know don't allow are, are too small to allow for even a meter distancing. So, you know, I think it'll be up, as I said there before, I think it'll be up to each individual publican to to decide how, you know, how many they can, uh, I suppose, have on their premises. But, yeah, no, it's, it's the, the same rules apply as they, they have been. You cannot go up to the, the counter and order your drink still. So um, so that's, that's that. And uh, I suppose it, it, is, it is really, really good news, I suppose, for, for those businesses. But, you know, you, you can't really ignore... The, the other kind of news that the other sort of doom and doom news that has been out and I think this evening there was uh, 182 confirmed new cases in Dublin alone um, where there was 307 nationally. These cases are on the rise. It is getting to a stage where you're kind of going, okay, well, what's actually going to happen next? Because I know what the government and what Nephis are trying to work on at the minute is this whole new phase of 
living with COVID because, you know, we've, yeah, we've gone that's through... Yeah, they're sneaking out now in the last um, couple of announcements. Yeah, exactly. So li- living with COVID is the next phase and, you know, kind of how, how they do that, I don't know, is anybody's guess, but... You know, but you're, you're, you're kind of looking at this and you're kind of going, well, you know, these cases aren't actually slowing down either. So how do you do this? And, you know, like we were seeing, we were seeing good news recently that, uh, you know, that, that there were talks ongoing uh, with, with sporting bodies uh, and, and with, the, with the Department of Sport about, you know, could you bring in, uh, you know, crowds to uh, sporting events again or, you know, what's the, what's the situation yeah. with that? And there was, an, there was an awful lot of optimism that, but that might might have been able to happen, you know, over the course of the next while. Um, but you know, you, you I, I don't know. Like you, you saw where they were trying to test out these events in Scotland. Um, they they were hoping that you know sell. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And, and, and Celtic Park would be able to allow for however number, however many number of fans they were going to, but due to a due to a spike in cases, actually parts of Glasgow were were essentially on lockdown. Do, do I think we're going to go into lockdown again? Probably not. Um, but it is it is concerning because you're kind of going, okay, well if we're not if we're not going to go into that, well, like 182 cases in Dublin today is very very high, given that. Uh, elsewhere in the country, uh, sorry, just looking for the national breakdown. Like it, it, everything else, like twenty-five in Kildare, nineteen in Limerick, fifteen in Wexford. Like th- those numbers are, are are very much down. Twenty-five spread across, I think, what mm. is it, seven other counties. So, um, you know, there's 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 mixed kind of there's mixed views on on, on what might happen. But I suppose that the, the main the main point here is that you know uh, business owners can finally. Uh, open up again you know it, I, I think it will take a long time to, for those businesses to recover uh, given that they haven't been able to open in six months so but and I suppose then, then the message is you know support support your local um, I think and, and I suppose we have to add in responsibly as well 
Uh, of course, of course, Mr. Pitcher there. Um, don't yes. want you to be going off the wall here now with us going, hang on now. He did not say go and have 17 points in 104 or 105 minutes there. Of course not. Always drink responsibly. And yeah, obviously, it, it, it'll be, I imagine it'll be a bit concerning, obviously, with the case numbers at their highest since the start of May. The only good only good news is that mm-hmm. the, the deaths are a fraction of what they were at the start of May as well. So obviously yeah, like a tragedy, was, one death one, today, but yeah. yeah. So we put in perspective as well, I think a lot of people are getting sick. It doesn't seem to be as lethal as it was. But of course, that needs to be watched for the next week or two and see which way it's going. So listen, wear your masks and wash your hands and do all that stuff and we'll have to figure out a way, as the government have said, to live with this. But I suppose, yeah, good news, especially if you've been out of work for six months, we've a lot of bar staff who tune into the show who uh, would either be coming home or nearly, you know, going to work uh, listening to us here on Room 104. And they, I imagine, you'll be delighted. Amy, yeah. I'm thinking of you straight up who, who listens to the show who's been dying to get back into work and a ton of people... Like, as well, looking at some of the comments online over this as well, right, whether you think this is a good idea or not, for for the one hour, 45 minutes, 105 minutes, um, a lot of people saying, like, it's a bit stupid because you're just going to encourage pub crawls. And, you know, if there is an outbreak in one pub, you're going to send it to three or four if people are going around the place. I'm not sure if it's... uh, because I'm just thinking of the outlet at the bar. You know that picture that came out of Galway there yeah. that's up absolutely everywhere? Uh, Some outlets at the bar are just like sitting there. Yeah, just, just like sitting there. And they'll have like one pint an hour for two or three hours reading the newspaper, watching the horse racing and the football and just leave them be. And now you're kind of like, get up, get out. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, yeah, look, it, 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 there, is a, there is a kind of an awful lot of kind of uncertainty attached to this. And, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it, it, and, and, yeah, exactly. And you, 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 you nailed you put the nail in the uh, in the head there. Like, what 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 happens if there's an outbreak in one? I suppose this is this is the challenge now. But I suppose the the, the main the main task has been, you know, just just get the get the darn things open and let people return to work and let people or let uh, you know money flow through the sales again and stuff like that. So um, I suppose that that I think has been the main thing. Whether or not it works or not is anybody's guess. Like we were kind of worried as well over the schools. You know, like what happens if one one kid goes into work sick and you know, does that one person then infect, you know, 300 other people in the school? That's what the worry was at the time. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure in terms of the, the cases recently, how many of those can be associated with schools. I'm not sure of that number. Uh, you know, like, it's, 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 it's the same with this. You know, there's, there's, there's always worry about that kind of thing when, 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 when we don't really know. Uh, all, all we can do, I suppose, is, is, is just find out or just, you know, wait and see over the next while. Um, but... Uh, no, I suppose the, the, the news has to be made with, or met rather with, with great optimism um, and I suppose great excitement as well for, for people, as you said, trying to get back to work. Yeah, fingers yeah, crossed definitely. we will um, move. Fingers crossed the, the cases and everything else will head in the right direction. Obviously not today, but good news if you're in the pub trade and your business has been closed for the last six months. Um, and of course, support your local and always drink responsibly. F104 is Dan Pitcher. Thanks a million for popping on and we will chat to you for a responsible, we'll chat again soon in a pub responsibly. Yeah. For a pint exactly. soon enough without chicken wings. Although I'll probably get them anyway. Listen, Dan, <laughs> thanks for popping on, all right? No worries. Good luck. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Room 104's Control Alt Delete. Just a quick roundup of some of the mad tech stories that's happening all over the world. You might have missed. We'll give you a quick update now on Control Alt Delete. The first one, if you're a PlayStation, if you're a fan of a PlayStation or you know someone who has a PlayStation, maybe they only have a three or a four. I don't know the difference. They're just the newer models come out. You know, the PlayStation 1, which was released what, in the early 90s, I think. PS2, Game Changer. And then 3 and 4. I have, I have a PS4. They haven't released a new one in years. I've had my PS4 for six, seven So your years? PS4 is fine and it's up to date and you can play away. 
yeah. you don't need to upgrade. You, you never need to upgrade. But then they bring out new games and they, they'll only work on the newer models. And oh, you're like, right. And then you go back. Like, if you look at old Grand Theft Auto games, you're like, how do we think this was any good? It's all oh, square right. and blocky. Whereas now oh. it's phenomenal. Phenomenally. We're getting to a point where it'll just be... It'd just be insane. Anyway, tomorrow, if you have about 10 grand spare, you can buy yourself a 24-carat gold digital uh, PS5. See, that's what I don't understand. It'd be fine if it was 10 grand worth of amazing equipment, but it's only because the outside is pretty. Yeah. Why would you bother? Well, it's gold. You could, you could actually probably argue that this is an investment. The price of gold has been going up significantly in the last while. Gold does very well in a recession. Can We're you, in a recession right now. Can you wear a PlayStation? If you wanted to, yes. Wow, that's crazy not, not money. Really. Insane money. There's only, I think, 250 models of these. I have these. a feeling they will sell out too. Yeah. That's the sad thing. Yeah. Okay. People who have their OnlyFans accounts making 70 grand a month. True. This will be nothing to them. True. And be very, very, very jealous. I don't think... I. Honestly, would not. Even if I had all the money in the world, I wouldn't buy a gold-plated PS4. For the reasons of, like, especially because you can get the gold-plated controllers as well, like rose gold-finished controllers. There's going to be a stage where you're going to get the Rage playing FIFA or you're going to get the Rage playing Call of Duty and you're going to fling a controller at the screen. You don't oh, go smashing up gold, yeah. you know what I mean? No, you definitely don't. No, don't go putting a dent in your gold PlayStation. No, it's, insa- it's insanity. It's insane. It's ridiculous. A gold-plated PlayStation. And someone will try and rob that from you. Uh, yeah. And then you won't have any game to play. <laughs> it's terrible. Just like a, well, nothing. Got a few wires at the back of the TV. That's it. But that is, a, you can pre-order that from tomorrow. And then the PlayStations, I think they're going on sale, obviously, for this Christmas. They'll be the console of the Christmas this year now. That'll be the latest phase. PS5's coming out. Uh, but there you go. Digital ones, code, or the ones that are coated in gold. 18, you, you can also get, so these are prices in sterling. So it's about eight grand for 24-carat gold uh, PS5. 18-carat rose gold. PS5 is 8,099 platinum PS5 8,200 pounds so in around 9, 10 grand a lot of money mad money that's a nice car oh in the corner there it's a nice car oh sorry yeah. it is it's a very nice car yeah. it's a nice lot of things it's half your deposit for a gaff yeah it's, it's crazy living in a hut in Thailand for about two years no or or it's, or it's a PS5 uh, so that's it a a programmer California based programmer has figured out a way to run uh, very bad tiny videos and computer games on a pregnancy test yeah this is really strange now how does this work so there's a pregnancy test screen on the digital pregnancy test readouts that show you a I don't know a circle or a yes or a no or blah 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 he basically reprogrammed the pregnancy test and was able to use a wireless keyboard and run different games, videos and programs so it would be kind of half displayed on the pregnancy test screen. Okay, but I don't understand why they need to make this. Doesn't need to make this. He just likes hacking things to bits and figuring out what he can do with stuff. Right, okay. So uh, this guy technically cheated. So there's a picture here I'm looking at the pregnancy test and he did he did replace the tiny little screen on the pregnancy test readout. So it's not the original one. But he rewired it and ran the computer game through a wire through the screen into the new screen in the pregnancy test and you're technically able to play uh, Doom that old school game on a pregnancy okay. test kit I mean, I mean if you were stuck for a remote or something I mean if 
I, I'm sure he's handy to have around the house. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is the perfect man. I mean, what what I did today was uh, I changed the light bulb today. Good man yourself. Thanks did it take much. while? Did you no. did you have to YouTube it? Uh, no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. And 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 it was the bathroom light, so it had one of those like. Oh, it was like a circle one. Circle one, yeah. Oh, they're hard ones. I I've know, seen yeah. even the the experts trying to change Struggling them. Struggle with that one now. In fairness, them, yeah. yeah. So I mean, if I'm not a master electrician after that. Who knows? Whether it blows now or not is a different story. In fairness, <laughs> I did just take one out of the bedroom and put it back in. Oh, for Come on. Listen, listen, it had to be done. I had too many poos in the dark that were just a bit touch and go. You never know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you never know whether you're clean or not. You know what I mean? So you can't take the risk. Jesus. Be a good series. Tonight on Poos in the Dark. You're disgusting. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry. Moving on. You know the way... Schools all over the world, leaving certain colleges here, are all, have been for the last while anyway, doing a lot of uh, Zoom classes. Yeah. And everything has gone online. Virtual classes that have been held online. Yeah. A teenager in the United States got himself in a, I was gonna say a little bit of trouble. A lot of trouble. Because he took down an entire school district's technological infrastructure so no one could technically log into their classes. That's genius. <laughs> it is a little genius. How yeah. did he do it? He did it. He wasn't a hacker. You hear about this, right? He basically prevented about 350,000 students in, like, the South Florida district from being able to log into their class. Right. So he's a Florida teenager. He's only like 16 or 17. So he goes to South Miami Senior High School. And he did this using a very, very, very simple hacking attack. He didn't even program this. Mm. There's a way you can take down websites where you just flood the website with too much web traffic. So if, for example, if 10 million people at 10 million computers all over the world tried to log on to fm104.ie, you would overload fm104 servers and the website they would crash. crash. Yeah. And it would be like, listen, we can't handle this amount of traffic because it's too much, too much bandwidth. What you can do is a very similar attack where you can just use bots and send thousands of bots that act like individual people trying to access a website and you flood a website with hundreds of thousands of these requests and the website crashes. Now, usually you would have need to be able to program these things mm. and be a bit of a hacker, but there is a program called Low Orbit Ion Cannon, which was developed by those uh, 4chan hackers, which is described as the Microsoft Word of, of hacking, in which it just makes it incredibly easy and user-friendly. So what I'm pretty sure you do is you download this LOIC, Low Orbit Ion Cannon, you put in the web address that you want to take down, and it does it for you. Oh, that's handy. You click go and it just sends tons and tons of bots and requests to the website and it'll crash it if it has... This is like a 10-year-old model of hacking. Like every website on the planet should have a defense put in place to prevent this. He should be student of the year. He, uh, he should be. Now, he it's a criminal offense, what he ah, did. Ah, sure, look. I have let him off for, go on now, you're a cheeky puppy. But I'm wondering, is more of that going to show up where you have those genius computer whiz kids in school Probably. who know how to hack their school yeah. system to bits. Why not? And they'll just be like so now, you sure. know. Aren't some schools doing coding now? Yeah. So they're learning this anyway. Yeah. Well, like, There was always those genius kids in school who just did what, who were just years ahead of everyone. Yeah, yeah. Didn't knew their computer science and they knew that that's what they were going to do. Their programming stuff from day one. And now you can get so much of this stuff online and learn so much of this stuff that I'd wonder how much of a problem this is going to be for schools when you're trying to run your online stuff and just <laughs> someone's there bored going, don't really feel like doing this today. Yeah. Boop. 
See ya. Bye now. Interesting. So uh, embarrassing. He got arrested anyway. And uh, it was embarrassing for the school district because I said this is a, a decade old. This is like old hacking technology that shouldn't have worked because okay. people were like, this shouldn't work. Um, well, they probably weren't expecting a student to go to that extent to not go to class. Yeah. No, so. we, we're not. Do not do that here. No. Okay? You did not hear illegal. about low orbit ion cannon here. Okay. No way. No. You ask somebody else. Say, say you heard it on a, uh, somewhere else. Uh, but there you go. Uh, now, did you ever have a Game Boy? I did have a Game Boy. Loved my Game Boy. What games did you play? Mario. Constantly. I was Tetris, and the only other game I ever played was Tetris and uh, Terminator 2. I always thought Tetris was a bit boring. Is a bit boring, but now they have Tetris World Championships, even to this day. They have the World Cup yeah, of Tetris. Yeah, we spoke about that last year. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, weird, but intense. Mm. Uh, I only ever did that, and then, you know, you'd swap games with mates in school. Yeah, and, and you'd have to something. blow out the little game. The little cartridge. Any of the, yeah, any of the dust that might have got in, and your game might be a bit slow. Uh, some of the issues with the Game Boy were obviously when the batteries started dying and you were mid-game and the screen started getting you're like, oh, no! Yeah, you'd see a crackling and you're like, no! Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, uh, researchers have created a version of the Game Boy that doesn't need batteries. Oh, that's genius. Why don't they bring phones out that do that? That's also genius as well. Isn't yeah. it? Uh, now, unfortunately, we're, we're a few... Um, few years off with this so the, the battery free Game Boy has been developed and it uses solar power but it also uses uh, the energy generated by pressing the buttons to power itself oh so you know the way people would like hammer the buttons all the time yeah obviously they're using that kinetic energy to power the device now there's no speakers the screen is very very low resolution and you can only play for about 10 seconds <laughs> oh. unless you have to keep hammering the buttons but they've made it work kind of well, at least it's a start, isn't it? It's, it's a start. So their their whole thing now is to try and develop games and potentially phones mm. that might be able to be battery-free um, using solar panels. And you know the way certain watches are powered off your movement? What's it called? They have different things inside them, but your movement of your hand will wind up powering your watch. Like somewhere weird. I can't remember the, the, the precise thing that's called. Mm. If you know what I'm on about, will you let me know? But uh, they're doing that already. But now they've tried it with uh, the Game Boy. It's called the Engage. And it's the first time they've been done that. The Game Boy that they've designed works with all the games from Mario to Tetris to Terminator 2. But uh, you can only it'll only stay on for about 10 seconds if you're not constantly pressing all the buttons and in direct sunlight. I would love to play Mario again. Oh yeah, it'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. On a Game Boy? Oh, on, a, on a Game Boy, yeah. Yeah. Would you be as excited about it though? Because obviously the thoughts of a Game Boy, because it was so amazing back when yeah, we were smaller. Yeah. Because we've seen obviously better visuals throughout like, the years would it be really crap sorry it's not doing it for me yeah well in fairness my the Playstation Classic came out last Christmas I think or the Christmas before which mm. is a micro mini version of the PS1 loaded oh, with 20 cool. games yeah. it had Tekken on it had Metal Gear Solid Destruction Derby I think and a few others and it was it was great for like a half an hour and then I was like yeah. uh-huh. you want to go back to your yeah, actual Playstation I'm going back to Red Dead Redemption yeah. I'll see it by now but it was fun for a little bit yeah and I haven't used it since Whoopsie. it was kind of like when the phones came out yeah uh, re- um, branded themselves like the Nokia 3210 and stuff and you could still buy them I think you still can buy them s- some places you can buy new ones remember we bought oh yeah we did actually for a thing that mm, never happened that never COVID. happened um, well that's that idea to me is amazing that you can go back on your old phone but you'd never like that you'd never actually keep it up yeah I don't it's think novelty so. yeah I don't think so uh, last story this evening how would you feel about flying in a flying wing 
I'm terrified of flying. You are, you're terrified of anything, everything, so this probably wouldn't be for you. No. But um, a flying V, engineers have created a scaled version of a flying V. So instead of having the middle bit of the plane, the fuselage, fuselage, I think it's called, it would just be uh, a flying V. It'd be like putting the two wings together and you're flying in a triangle, an okay. actual perfect triangle. So that's meant to be apparently 20% more efficient than more than stereotypical planes. Yeah. We're obviously trying to make it more efficient and more environmentally friendly and more cost effective. Um, so they have built the first ever scale model and they've flown it today, unmanned. So it was like a drone they put together. But they're thinking that um, if they can get this to work, it'll be the new way of flying. So you'll be flying in weird triangular wings and you won't have the middle bit. But it'll mean you're sitting in the wings. So you're not uh, looking no, out of the wing, you're sitting in the wing. No. No? Absolutely not. There's no need for that. You're just sitting in the wing? No. Be fun. Be terrifying. Be the same as being in the plane. No, will you be feeling if the wing fell off? That's the end of you. <laughs> I know it's the end of you the, are the wing. people in there. Oh no. No, oh I hate that. Yeah. I know no one would survive if that happened, but still. The captain is obviously at the front of the triangle and then all the passengers will be behind spread out via the wings. I'd say the landing will be sore. The landings and the takeoffs are actually very difficult. That's the one problem they're faced with this flying V is that because of the way it is Landing and takeoff's difficult and they're struggling with churning. But apart from that... So basically everything... Everything to do with flying. The old flying is a little bit difficult with the flying wing. But if they can get it right, they've claimed and have kind of proven that the, the, the design of the flying wing is 20% more fuel efficient than most planes. And that if we can just figure out how we can design it so it's a flying wing and everyone's inside it and the fuel's inside it and the landing gear's inside it and it can turn. If it can turn, happy days. We're good. So if you want to see the videos for that, that's up online. Go to uh, uh, flightglobal.com if you want to see that. But a flying V, uh, flying V, flying wing plane has taken off literally uh, today and they're hoping that it'll become the plane of the future because it's 20% more fuel efficient than the typical boring penis planes that we have. Penis planes. That's just phallic they're symbols. They're safe. They're, they're safe. This is more feminine. This is a better way to do things. No. No, it's not It's kind of like the Concorde. I mean, it looks yeah, cool. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit like it. Yeah. Went faster and then killed everyone. Yeah. So let's not do that. That wasn't. Again. That was the fault of someone leaving a thing on the runway. Yeah. Okay. Well, they stopped it then, didn't they? Well, they shouldn't have. It just cost an awful lot of money. Listen, that's um, control alt delete for this evening. Still to come on the show, you're going to be hearing from a woman who says not only can you get imposter syndrome in your job where you feel like you're bluffing it and absolutely spoofing, but apparently you might be experiencing that in a relationship as well. And what can you do about that? We'll find out in just a few moments. Here is Topic featuring A7S. This is Breaking Me. It's FM 104. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. I'm going to presume you have heard of the term imposter syndrome. Yes, I definitely have heard of it. I had to look it up as to exactly what it was, though. And it's funny because I've definitely felt this or experienced it at different stages in life, I have to say. Yeah, it's something that a lot of people would generally just associate with uh, maybe getting a new job when you're promoted and you're surrounded by people who are far more intelligent, capable, or you think they're far more intelligent, capable than you. But apparently the whole imposter syndrome might be popping up for you in your relationships as well. And to talk a little bit more about this, we're joined on the line by licensed marriage and family therapist co-owner of uh, the BFF Therapy over in New York. We are delighted to welcome uh, Mariah Seeger de Geer onto the show. Mariah, how are things? Things are pretty good here in New York, you know, as much as it can be during the pandemic. <laughs> okay, well, that's good news, I have to say. But um, I was looking this up, and for anyone who might not have heard of the term, can you just explain what it is? 
Yeah, so imposter syndrome um, is really this idea or belief, so a mistaken belief, that who you are, um, you know, could potentially be found out and it's not going to be enough. And so when we talk about it mostly, um, it's in the workplace. And so I'm not enough for this job. Like you said, I'm not smart enough. Everyone around me is more intelligent. They're going to notice that I really shouldn't be in this position. How did I even get this job? And then now we're talking about it a lot more in relationships that your partner is actually going to be the one that finds out that who they thought you were when they first met is in fact someone underneath that is someone they really don't want to be with. Um, And when they realize that, that you would lose them. And so they'd break up with you essentially when they found out like the real you but it's really this perception that you have to be someone else unless i don't know if you've seen that netflix series you uh, about the star <laughs> psychopathic guy i mean if they find out that you're a serial killer then it's it's definitely it's definitely all over but for the average person where do these like feelings of insecurity kind of stem from and what can we do about them so most of the time there's things that you're carrying from your childhood so either a perception of yourself something that When you were young, I mean, think first, second, third grade that maybe a classmate or a parent sort of said about you. Um, And they're really feelings about being inadequate. And so they're often things that you've been aware of in your mind. So these are false beliefs that you're holding. And you've been thinking about it far before this relationship. And then you now really are trying to cover up so that your new partner who you're falling in love with and you think they're wonderful, that they're not going to see this, you know, thing that's been growing inside of you, even though it's really a lot of these insecurities that a lot of people just haven't taken the time to work out and they don't really quite realize that they're insecurities. And that's how imposter syndrome really shows up is that you're not seeing it sort of in the normal way that we talk about insecurities that is sort of, you know, on your sleeve, if you will, all the time. It's really underneath and this thing that you hold very dear and you really try to make sure no one sees. I remember this actually happened to me in a relationship. It's only now that we're talking about it. I'm like, actually, that did occur because I was going out with somebody when I was 18 who was very studious, who was aiming for really high points in, you know, the final year of school. I was the complete opposite that I just loved to go out and party and to hang around with my friends and do nothing. So they ended up doing, you know, history and politics in Trinity College, which is a big college here in Dublin. And mm-hmm. I yep. kind of went on and I did a film degree. So I remember feeling so underneath him or beneath him and his family and because they would kind of be judging me going, so how was, how was your day in what college is it again? And I used to just feel so inadequate, but he never made me feel that, but I just did anyway. Exactly. Like he's not saying, oh, I'm with you because you're pretty, but you're not smart. Like he's not, he's not actually saying this to you, but the no. way you're interpreting these comments or even questions about what classes you're taking is you're expecting, oh, they really want me to be taking these really, you know, shiny, fancy things or really academic things. When they might just be asking, your partner might be just getting to know you. And this lens that we're hearing those questions through are saying to us, they're really looking for something else in these answers. So what do we do if if people are feeling these kind of either awkward situations in a relationship and it is imposter syndrome where they're like, oh my God, like how how does one stop that from happening? Because I imagine then it's kind of like, um, what would you say, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in that if you're going in constantly undermining yourself that, as you said, you might read into things that aren't actually said in the way they're said and it leads to like, oh, you just don't love me, you don't care about me because you think I'm useless and everyone's like, whoa, no. So, I mean, (laughs) 
can it explode like that and what should we do? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's obviously very varying degrees of this. You know, the first thing to do is to really check that internal negative self-talk. So I specialize in attachment and relationships. I work a lot with couples. I do a lot of marriage therapy. And then I look, work a lot with individuals who are doing relationship-related work. And so it's first really checking that internal self-talk that might be giving you a false message and helping yourself get more aware of that. So you can journal that. You could, um, you know, just even saying it out loud to friends, so not in the relationship, but just to friends of like, oh, whenever, you know, this happens, um, you know, especially if it's around body image, like it, more intimate re relationships, sex, you know, like this happens and I'm always thinking about this thing and your friends might interrupt that. But really sort of get an idea of what those words are that you're saying internally that you carry with you. And for most of us, it's really consistent. So you're going to be able to recognize it. And then I would say starting with affirmations, daily affirmations is really helpful just to counteract that. Therapy is a wonderful thing. This is something that I work on a lot with clients in therapy on just the, all this negative talk. And then also talking to your partner is really key. And so there's a really big difference between talking to your partner about these insecurities and just showing the insecurity so that now the insecurities are taking over the relationship. So that's a really important shift to make because sometimes people are just being insecure all the time and it's going to push that person away because they can't handle that. They can't take care of that for you. But when it's just you being vulnerable around, I'm afraid you're going to see this side of me, or I'm afraid you don't think I'm smart enough or pretty enough, um, or I'm afraid that you really want to be dating someone else, then that partner is going to be able to talk to you about that and then really give you some reassurance, hopefully. How common is this, by the way? I think in varying degrees. I think it comes under sort of different names of insecurities, but I think it's pretty common for a lot of us. I mean, if you think of imposter syndrome in the workplace, I think... Many of us have had different jobs over the years that we feel like, I can't believe they hired me for this. Or you sit in a meeting and you're thinking everyone else's ideas, right, for a pitch for a show, right? Everyone else has these great ideas and I have nothing, right? And it doesn't mean that you're not brilliant. It just means in that moment, someone else sounded really shiny that day. So uh, how, how um, I mean, yeah, I, I understand the workplace, it might be nearly clear to see. Um, the secret to that might be do what other people do, is just rob everyone else's idea and then just pitch them in as your own and go, here, listen... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how we get around that, um, and and sort that out. But is it more common? Have you noticed in your experience? Does this pop up more with men or women, or kind of equal across the board? Oh, I definitely think it like favors no gender here. I would say a lot of times people think of like insecurities as maybe a little bit more about women. I see a lot of men have imposter syndrome, um, and there's even more stigma. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stigma around mental health anyway, but there's so much stigma around like men being insecure. Like it's kind of okay for a woman to be insecure and talk about that. But a lot of men have a lot of insecurities around their body, um, how much money they're making, things like that, uh, that bring people into therapy all the time. So in doses, I think it's a, you know, if you break down pieces of it, a lot of us mm. would experience it. So it's pretty common, but it doesn't mean that you have like, you know, sort of a big case of imposter syndrome and it's sabotaging all your relationships. I would question a great thing for your listeners to think about is, are all my relationships consistently ending? Is this potentially a piece of why that happens? 
keeps happening? You know, am I doing something that's pushing someone away so they're not really getting to know the real me because I'm trying to cover up the real me constantly? I guess when you go into a relationship, people tend to put on a front. You know, they're Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more um, fun and happy-go-lucky and then suddenly the real you obviously comes out eventually and it might be different to what they signed up for. Oh, yeah. I think all of us, right? Like, don't you want to be the person at happy hour, things like that, that has no worries in the world, but it's like really has their lives together and they don't want to be found out that like you actually think that, you know, you're an adult and none of us have this figured out and we're kind of a mess. Um, so like, what would that be like on a first, yeah, on a first date to always be like, oh, I stress, I wake up in the middle of the night stressed all the time. <laughs> like it's not the cutest thing to talk about on a first date. Definitely not. It kind of reminds me of, and do you remember when you were like a, a teenager going into your secondary school or high school, the open days when you'd go into the science lab and they're all like, oh, we, yeah. we do experiments with fire and gas and it's amazing. <laughs> and then you get in there and it's just working out equations about chemistry and you're like, this is one massive lie. You all like me. What's going on? So true. Yeah, and hopefully not all of our relationships are quite, you know, that cloak and dagger. (laughs) Then how do you um, kind of try and combat that then? If you're going in with kind of this fakeness into a relationship or you're putting on a front to try and be a better person to them, then how do you combat that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's this process that most of us need to take of really learning to love ourselves um, and appreciate the uniqueness that we are and the value that we bring, you know, to any situation. And some relationships just aren't for us. And a lot of us sort of try to make it work, even though to really show up, maybe that isn't the person you're supposed to be with. But if you're really appreciating who you are and your life experience, even if it's been hard or there's been trauma, that can really help, you know, help that person to be led into that intimate space for you. Um, And also to get to know them, because I think that's a huge piece of this is if you're always thinking about your own, you know, insecurities and stuff, where's the time to get to know this other person? And they might feel actually quite lonely in a relationship if you're always just having this internal relationship with this negative little sort of demon part of you. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, You obviously work with a variety of different people in your kind of therapy setting. Um, I said you're Mm -hmm. a licensed marriage and family therapist and people from all different sorts of backgrounds and situations come in. I'm just wondering if it is possible for you to give one piece of advice for... Uh, you know, couples that might be listening to, you know, what's the one most important thing that they can do to ensure a long-lasting, happy relationship? <laughs> oh, no pressure. Um, <laughs> I would say, you know, lean into your relationship, risk it all, and be really vulnerable. You know, that's what I always impress the couples, that, like, if you just take the risk and try to attach to this person and let them in, you have the potential to have a really magical relationship that's so unique and special. And it's this hiding and the fear that um, really gets in the way. A lot of times people are just have to unlock that and be present um, and allow themselves to fall in love. That's very good advice. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, chat to us. If um, someone wanted to see more work of yours, where can they find it online? Yeah, I'm on BFF Therapy and all of the social media platforms. Um, and I'm located here in New York. And the- FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.